0: Welcome to the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast, helping one student at a time. Visit NPTEFF.com to enroll today so you can pass tomorrow.
1: Thank you for joining us here on the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast. My name is Emily.
0: My name is Nick. And my name is David. Today, we will be discussing Thoracic Outlet Syndrome. All right, so when we are referring to
2: the thoracic outlet, we tend to refer to an area from the brachial plexus nerve roots exiting the intervertebral foramen to the inferior portion of the axilla. Its borders can consist of the medial border, so we're thinking of the first rib along with the anterior and middle scalenes, the posterior border, thinking of the upper trapezius and the scapula, the anterior border, thinking of the clavicle scapular coracoid process, the pectoralis minor, and the deltopectoral fascia. And finally, the lateral border, thinking of the axilla. In terms of entrance, the brachial plexus typically enters between the anterior and middle scalenes. And then the subclavian artery courses posterior to the anterior scalene, while the subclavian vein courses anterior to the anterior scalene. Further continuation typically displays the neurovascular structures coursing together under the clavicle, over the first rib, and then under the scapular coracoid process. Now, when we refer to thoracic outlet syndrome, or at this point forward, we can just say TOS, we are typically referring to various neurological and vascular clinical presentations, which then bring us to TOS can generally be categorized into vascular and neurological types. This then includes subtypes of venous and arterial for vascular, along with true and disputed for neurological. But other sources may simplify the classification into just neurological, venous, and arterial. A general neurological TOS label can include the involvement of the brachial plexus with its respective neurological presentations. And finally, arterial and venous TOS can refer to some sort of alteration to the arterial and venous structures respectively. And now before David takes it away with clinical presentations, it may be helpful to review the sites of compression for TOS. So typically one may note the following for compression. At the interscalene triangle, so we're referring to the first rib along with the anterior and middle scalenes. At the costoclavicular space, so we're referring to the structures of the clavicle, subclavius, and the first rib. And lastly, under the pectoralis minor and
0: scapular coracoid process. Thanks, Nick. Those sites of compression for TOS are always valuable to know. Now let's break down the types of TOS based on clinical presentations. The first type of TOS is vascular TOS, which includes arterial and venous. Arterial is a rare condition, which occurs due to the presence of a structural abnormality. A structural abnormality can be something such as a cervical rib. The subclavian or axillary artery are going to be compressed especially during overhead activities such as reaching for the top shelf in your pantry. Venous is not very common and is mostly seen due to thrombosis. The second type of TOS is neurological or neurogenic TOS, which includes true neurogenic and disputed neurogenic TOS. True neurogenic is a rare condition which occurs due to the presence of anatomical abnormalities such as a cervical rib or elongated C7 transverse process. A patient with true neurogenic TOS will have the clinical presentation of paresthesia and pain along the medial border of the arm. They'll also present with muscle weakness such as atrophy of intrinsic muscles of the hand. Another presentation would be a positive EMG findings. Disputed neurogenic TOS, which can be considered symptomatic or nonspecific, is the most common form of TOS. A patient with disputed neurogenic TOS would have no radiological evidence, such as a bony abnormality. They're also going to have no muscle atrophy, and they will have a negative EMG finding. This condition is mainly seen in patients with faulty posture, such as a patient that has a large amount of breast tissue or it could be related to their occupation or even a sporting activity. A patient with disputed neurogenic TOS will have the clinical presentation of overhead activities, whether repetitive, suspensory or sustained will be aggravating the symptoms. In addition to overhead activities, Activities which depress the shoulder girdle can cause it. This patient will also present with a forward or elevated shoulder. For a patient with disputed neurogenic TOS, symptoms are present at rest and at night. Neurological TOS and vascular TOS can present very differently when compared to each other. Neurological can appear with numbness, tingling, a weakened grip strength, and even a loss of manual dexterity. While for vascular, the arterial aspect can appear as cool with a pale extremity, and the venous can be- appear as swelling with mottled discoloration. Let's now discuss the etiology of the TOS symptoms. One of the contributing factors to TOS is faulty posture. This faulty posture presents as a forward head posture with rounded shoulders, Faulty posture can lead to shortening of associated muscles such as scalenes, levator scapula, subscapularis, and pectoralis minor muscles. The patient can also present with a depressed clavicle. Postural stress can be caused by narrowed bra straps or carrying heavy objects such as a backpack, a suitcase, a briefcase, or a purse. These will cause stress on the shoulder girdle, and causes compression of the neurovascular bundle. Another contributing factor would be congenital factors such as an accessory rib, a long transverse process of C7, or other bony abnormalities that can reduce the space. TOS symptoms can also occur due to traumatic or arteriosclerotic insult. Clavicular fractures or subacromial dislocations of the humeral head These traumatic events can injure the neurovascular structures, hypertrophy or scarring of the pectoralis minor muscle, nerve tissue mobility restrictions from scar tissue or adhesions formations. Breathing patterns that use scaling muscles to elevate the upper ribs leads to hypertrophy of the muscles. Elevated ribs can also reduce the space under the clavicle.
1: Great summary of the different types of TOF. And their clinical presentations, David. Now I will be discussing how to diagnose and treat TOS from a physical therapy standpoint. TOS is commonly diagnosed by obtaining a patient's subjective history and through physical examination. There are several special tests we utilize as clinicians to specifically assess for TOS, which include the AdSense maneuver, military brace test, Holstead maneuver, Roos test, Wright test, and the provocative elevation test. It is important to note that there is not one definitive test for TOS, which makes it challenging to diagnose. A differential diagnosis should be included within the examination in order to rule out other pathologies with similar presentations. Once an individual is diagnosed with TOS, physical therapy can play an important role for conservative management and treatment. However, it must first be determined that there are no acute or progressive neurological or vascular lesions since this would cause for a more in-depth medical treatment approach. For the purpose of this podcast, we will only be addressing the conservative approach towards treatment. Physical therapy for this patient population focuses mainly on patient education, pain reduction, strengthening, improving range of motion, and nerve mobilization techniques. Patient education consists of postural reeducation, diaphragmatic or bi breathing education, and stress reduction. Nerve mobilization, joint mobilizations, tissue-specific manual techniques, and self-stretching can be beneficial to address any restrictions that are identified. Motor control, endurance, and or strengthening exercises should be incorporated into the rehab program. To address any postural muscle dysfunctions that are present, an individualized treatment approach should be designed and implemented to improve a patient's functional independence.
0: Now that you understand TOS, here's a quote from Jim Rohn Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. You must stay disciplined out there, warriors. Make the sacrifices in order to make your dream a reality. You are powerful. You are strong. You are a Final Frontier warrior, and you will pass.
2: Are you a PTA student preparing for your National Physical Therapy Assistant exam? Look no further than Final Frontier's PTA full live course. This eight-week review course meets three times a week with all lectures recorded, just in case you are unable to attend or would like to re-watch a lecture. You'll also be provided with a three-month detailed timetable, one 200-question PTA practice exam, email support for any questions, and much more that can be found at NPTEFF.com. And one of the best parts about this course is that you'll have a nine-month access of this material. Again, for more information and enrollment, please visit npteff.com.
1: Thank you very much for listening. You can also check out all of our social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more information regarding MPTE Final Frontier.
2: We hope this episode discussing Thoracic Outlet Syndrome was helpful and we look forward to you joining us here next time for the NPTE Final Frontier podcast. Thank you.